Welcome to a new episode of Liftoff, a Jets football podcast with your hosts, Chris and from playlikeajet.com, Mr. Sharman Phillip. And remember, you can follow us on Twitter at Liftoff Jets. You can follow Sharman at GrownFolk1980. You can follow myself at CP7NY. You could catch our podcast wherever you find your podcasts at Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio. And you could also find us on Sportswire Radio at sportsanarium.com backslash player. And the station manager there, Thomas Bryce, at Thomas Bryce 2017 for all the scheduling of all the other great shows on the radio. So, Charmin, great wild card weekend this weekend, this past weekend. Yeah. It was it was it was good. Uh, a lot of good games. Uh, a lot of good games. Um, some of them were uh, predictable. Others were kind of went <laughs> south pretty quickly. Um, but hey, man, that's why they play the games, right? Yep, that's why it's wild card weekend for sure. It was definitely yeah, a little uh, wild. Yeah. Well, before we get to the games, let's let's talk about the the Jets' um, offensive coordinator search um, as it's going down. Right now, so far, Daryl Bevel took his name out of consideration. Um, so I, I look at it this way. It's not exactly the most enticing job offer out there, um, considering we have no quarterback at this present time. Well, we do have Zach Wilson on the roster, but that's really about it. And, you know, we still got still to repair the offensive line, obviously. Our center's a free agent. Our tackle position is wide open on both sides. Um, and the holes on defense, we're not even going to get into yet. Um, mm. but well, what are your thoughts on the whole search? Where do you think they're headed? What, what do you think is going on? Um, I think, I think there is a, a clear path or a plan, um, that they have because, um, I think if you look at the names, <clears throat> There's a kind of a straight line kind of driving through a lot of those guys, right? Um, Bevel is probably the only guy that's not um, like the other. It's like if you had to pick the, you know, one of those things and not like the other. Right. <laughs> uh, Bevel is probably probably the only one. Other than that, that Kevin Patulo guy. Right. Um, Marcus Brady. Um and uh, and uh, what is it, like the tight ends coach for the Patriots, uh, uh, Kaylee or Saley or whatever you say his name, Nick Kaylee. Right. Um, they're all guys that are just like they don't have as much experience as um, as Bevel does, basically. Um, and Salah pledged that he would um, he would hire senior offensive assistant so um i i kind of see where he's going with that right um he has a plan he 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 thinks there is a kind of offense that he wants to marry his defense with um so i think that's what he's searching for he's trying to he's searching for um guys that fit that um uh, Patulo was I uh, Patulo coach for I, I I didn't even know he was an assistant at some point for the Jets, uh, but he was at some point he did the Jets, the Titans, the Bills, and Kansas City. Uh, oh. Brady Brady just was with the Colts. 
Uh, he was with the Colts for the last, from 2019 to, to, to 2022. Uh, <clears throat> who else is the? Um, of course, we all know uh, Bevels. Bevels has been with the Jags, uh, Seahawks, Lions, and the Vikings. Uh, who else we got? Right, yeah, right. Hackett is the name. I, yeah, that's the name I was miss. I, I missed. Um, uh, but we know where he was last. Um, we know where he his claim to fame was. Right, that the quarter, <laughs> the guy that uh, could uh, bring back <laughs> the magic for uh, Aaron Rodgers. Um, I mean, is that the thing? But, all, do? but like, if you bring him in, there's a good chance we're going to trade for Aaron Rodgers. Is that what I I doubt. I doubt that. I, I I'm I'm gonna be I'm definitely gonna be one of those standing in left field, um, <laughs> Jets fans. Um, because everybody thinks the Jets are gonna swing for the fences and all this and all that. There is there is again there's a consistency to what Joe Douglas does. Um, I think he really believes in building from 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 the from a foundation, like a foundational standpoint. Um. He wants to build his own. He doesn't want to take a, you know, Aaron Rodgers or Derek Carr or anybody else that has already been, you know, he wants to build from scratch so he could so he could claim all. I'm I, I'm not saying that's how he is, but I'm just like trying to put myself in his shoes. Right. And from my point of view building from scratch as a GM and actually making a winner with the New York Jets would basically kind of, you'd probably have to build a statue for this man, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, at Florham Park. So, um, so I, I don't see them going big on anything. I think they're, they're going to stand pat on a lot of things. I think a lot of Jets fans are going to be disappointed about it. Um. <clears throat> I think I think he is gonna do. If he is gonna go big, it's gonna be in bolstering the the talent on the team. I think bolstering the offensive line, like he tried to do last year, and 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 expanding the talent pool in this team, and and that's what he's probably gonna go big doing. But I do not see Joe Douglas going big and getting a quarterback or a big time offensive coordinator. That he's gonna get somebody probably you know, out there in the wilderness, you know, a guy that's talented, but he's not, you know, well-known or, you know, um, and then he's going to get an assistant that he, that they trust and thinks that, they, that it, you know, the, whoever they hire and that guy is going to come together and build something that they could marry to the style of football they play on defense. Um, so I think that's, that's their plan. I could be totally wrong, but that's where my head is. Yeah, I, I think so too. Because if they want to bring a senior offensive advisor along with the coordinator, that means it's probably going to be a younger or a younger coordinator or someone who doesn't have that much experience. Because we've already seen Bevel back out of it, and maybe that's the reason, mm. right? So maybe yeah, that makes sense. Uh, you know, like would a guy like Hackett, who's been doing this for a few years already, like is he going to really? Be like, oh yeah, you could bring a senior advisor in to help me. You know, I don't know if he'd want that. So, um, I, and it's okay to bring if you want that young coordinator in. Listen, it's going to be the same thing as it was with Lafleur, but with the senior advisor, that makes a lot of sense. 
So, right. and like you said, I don't see them trading for Lamar Jackson or, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers because it's going to cost a lot, you know, like look what yeah, it costed, they- right? Look what it cost to Cleveland to get Watson mm-hmm. and yep. look what it cost the Broncos to get Russell Wilson and, you know, you gave up most of the Rams to get, yeah, Stafford, any, quarter, right? any any quarterback you get, you, you trading for right now, um, if they're any good, it's going to cost you a ton of money. And from the, from the standpoint of what the Jets want to do right now, I think it's, I think it's basically they're trying to build from scratch. And if you don't believe in what I'm saying, pay attention to every other position on the field the Jets have. Um, they they have successfully built. Um, they have successfully drafted great at defensive end, defensive tackle, wide receiver, um, cornerback. You know, so they're 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 trying to create this, like I said before, foundation of young, hungry, immensely talented players. And all they need is a leader to go with that. Right. He don't. He does not have to be Aaron Rodgers or Derek Carr or whatever. All he has to do is fit what they do, and that foundation of immensely talented talented men are gonna drive be the driving force behind that guy. He does not have to be a superstar because the team is gonna be so solid from from in from a talent standpoint on so many levels that. They don't need a superstar. They don't need to be paying anybody $50 million, $60 million. Um, I think that's that's who their view, and that's where they're coming from. And I, I, I mean, when you look at it, I think that's basically how if you, if you want to be the – like this is kind of an extreme example, but, look, but everybody is saying the same thing. I mean, we're, everyone is happy for the Rams that they won a Super Bowl. But everybody's like, bro, <laughs> you sold your underwear. Now yep. you're completely naked. Yep. They got nothing right now. Right. And and then it's going to take you a long time or some kind of wizard to come in and like abracadabra this because, you know, what the hell? <laughs> and, and think about the rest of that division too, right? With the 49ers, you know, they're coming back strong next year. There you go. And- and think about it, the Seahawks have all those extra picks now from, yeah. from Denver. Yeah. So they're they're gonna come and they drafted very well last year without a first round pick. Oh my god. So yeah. can you imagine, you know what I mean? Like, so that division is gonna they're they're gonna have no shot in that division. And the Cardinals, I you know, who knows what Arizona's gonna be like, but I, I don't see them winning that division for the next couple of years because they're they're third best at best in that division. That so, yeah, again, it it kind of it, it kind of just um you know makes the situation worse. Um, like everything I said, and they got times ten, and times about ten it. because you're in a stupid division where there's bosses that stand in there. There's mm-hmm. that not I mean not bosses, but there's the big boss which is the 49ers that are just incredibly talented and they have one of the best play callers on def- on offense and defense, right? And for then <laughs> you right for, well you know because people are gonna try to hire that guy that defensive, yeah. um, and then you have Seattle who's like basically knocked a few drafts out the park, and then all of a sudden you're looking you're looking up at them from the basement, 
Yep. <laughs> and you have a ways to go, man. And you the Rams, ways to go. like you said, the Rams sold their soul, basically. Yeah. And they lucked out that they won the Super Bowl. Imagine they didn't win it. Right. Okay. Well, <laughs> let's go. Let's do this then. If we're talking quarterbacks that, and field, <laughs> if we're talking quarterbacks and field tries, what the, what about the Broncos? Because the Broncos was like, I, we're a quarterback away. Right. <laughs> uh, what well, do you think about maybe. that now? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. so I think I think when you weigh the uh, the stance of where the Jets are, um, when you when you weigh what I think or what we both think, um, they're actually aiming for. I can't really disagree with what they what they're trying to do. Right. I really can't. And I know there's fans that are going to be on the extreme and say, "Well, they have to," and they have to. I don't think so. At the end of the day, we we as fans, I understand that the the fan, the fanatic part about it. I understand that, but you have to also think about it as the Johnsons. That's their money. They want it spent a certain way. They want they want things done a certain way. Um, they don't want to be going out there again, you know going out there and just blowing money and then not getting the results, which is something they've done for centuries, for years, I mean centuries, mm-hmm. for years, and nothing came of it. So going the complete opposite is probably the best way to go, you know, at this point. And, and it's not really the complete opposite because there's guys we're paying. Um, so, and then, and, and not probably, but we'll be playing, we'll be paying Quinn, um, Quinn and Williams. You yeah. Know? So, so I so they they're not completely like oh we're going cheap, but they're trying to look for a sustained excellence. They're not trying to get a flash in the pan, a couple of years of real good football, and then go back to the sellers of the NFC East. You know. So I agree. I I you know what I give them the stamp of approval because you know they were looking for me to say. It's fine. Go ahead. Do what you got to do, coach. Do what you, JD, take it over. Do what you got to do. I'm happy with the way y'all approach that, man. I ain't mad. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's 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 going to be an interesting hire for sure when it finally comes through because there are other opportunities out there and our opportunity doesn't look like that big of an opportunity because there's no quarterback there. So they have to really sell them on the, the team aspect more than just the offensive side, like you said, it's got to be about the whole thing. So um, I, I, I still think it's going to be someone who doesn't have the most um, play calling experience, you know, might be quarterbacks coach or something like that, unfortunately, because, mm. you know, it's hard. It's hard. Like we're not exactly prime real estate. In no. the NFL right now. Right. <laughs> and, and to it, we have no quarterback. We might have a decent team. We might have some decent pieces, especially on offense, right? You got Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, um, AVT. So there's guys there, but there are holes as well. So, um, and we'll see um, how the rest of the offseason goes. But yeah, um, the, the last thing I want to say about this is to me, the, the most interesting thing about this, and and I know um, my friends um, at Jess, Jessica fact, Factor is probably going to do a better job at breaking this down. But actually analyzing what 
um, where the flow went wrong with not with with this situation is going to be is it's going to be something that the incoming OCs are probably going to have to um, erase like they're probably going to have to explain how they're going to go about doing this and give a better plan than what LaFleur did. Um, and even acts to, to, certain, to a certain degree, I think he was scapegoated. Um, it was not completely on him. But when you're in a situation like that uh, and a decision was made like to start Zach Wilson um, and then for him to regress to, to the point where he did, Somebody has to get blamed, and unfortunately, since you're the one that you know the little bit more more the most exposed, I think you know he ended up getting that. But it, it would be it would be just interesting to be a pilot fly in the world to listen to some of those interviews because I want to like kind of see the, the 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 vision that they would have for a Zach for Zach Wilson going forward. So we'll yeah. see. No, yeah, I I totally agree because. <laughs> It's interesting how they're going to sell him, right, on the the fact to become the OC for the Jets. Like, what what are they yes. telling him to get them to come here? Like I said, yeah, we do have some pieces on offense, but we're still missing that quarterback. So what are they saying? You know, are they trying to sell them on Zach? Are they trying to sell them on, yeah, we're going to bring in, we're hmm. trying to bring in one, two, or three, you know, either A, B, or C quarterback, I should say. You know, one of these three, something right. like that. Right. So... It's definitely interesting how this is working out. Um, but uh, like we said, wild card weekend, man, was great. Every game was was awesome. Comebacks, we had games that we didn't think were going to be as close, but was but were close. Almost upsets. We had an upset or two. So um, anyway, let's get to the game. We're going to preview the games and kind of look back at the same time. Um, first up is going to be Saturday afternoon. Uh, Jacksonville, who, of course, came back from 27 to nothing down to to the L.A. Chargers on uh, last weekend to come back and beat them 31 to 30. Um, amazing. And they're going to now they have to travel to Arrowhead and face, of course, the top seeded Kansas City Chiefs. Um, we know how mm-hmm. tough it is to play there. So well, what were your thoughts on the game real quick? We'll, we'll do a quick summary of that game of the Jacksonville Charger game. It was the Chargers lost the game. Yeah. Um I think <laughs> yes. I think it was I think it was um I think you gotta give uh you gotta tip the cap to the, the Jags because for you to play uh, they basically played as bad as a, of a game as they as they could have played. Um uh and uh you know Lawrence having four interceptions was it was it four interceptions was it the first half? Yes. <laughs> Holy crap, man. Five yeah. interceptions, five turnovers in all. Um, and for them to steady the ship and actually work back, um, almost like the, the there was no writing on the drawing board. It was incredible in my in my opinion. Um that's that's some crazy tough minded stuff, man, for you to uh, not panic at all and just keep working. But they were allowed to feel that comfortable because the Chargers wouldn't take hold of the game. Um, right. If you if you turn if you're twenty seven nothing 
And from then on, you called, what was it, like about 28 pass plays and you only run the ball eight times? What are you doing? <laughs> you know, and uh, and yes, you know, they, they're taking, they, they basically fired their pass game coordinator and offensive coordinator because, you know, it's their fault. Right. But that's how but where was where was the right? defense? Where, but, where right. was the defense? In the second half, right. <laughs> but you could tell, right? The difference between a Super Bowl winning head coach and a non Super Bowl winning coach. We'll say it nicely for the Chargers. I don't know how that guy survived. <laughs> I swear. Because this is two years in a row now, right? Last because year. Uh huh. Right. Yeah. He, last year they choked out against the Raiders in the final game yep. to get in. And then this year, here's another big mistake. With Staley, what Staley did the week before, they didn't have to play their starters because they were already in the playoffs. There you go. They started their their starters, and Mike Williams Talk about it. back, and he's out. Yep. And and a saying, guy that he he wasn't even healthy all the way healthy in the first place. Right. So why did you play him in the first place? It made no sense. That's why mm-hmm. I'm like, how did this guy survive this? Because the charges are different. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. And yeah. over the over the years, you've. Chargers have always done stuff like that. This organization is there. They they want to be different almost to spite everybody. <laughs> I, I've never seen any organization. Well, I don't want to say any because because uh, <laughs> we <laughs> Washington Washington is bad. Yeah. Hey hey hey, take it easy. <laughs> I think we just I think we low we lost bad, but I don't think it's, it. I don't think we make egregious mistakes on trying trying to be better i think we just do we just unlucky and you know I, there's and some bad stuff choices. but yeah, you cannot to, right exactly but you cannot to me some of the things that washington has done and some of the things the Chargers have done over oh, the yeah, years yeah beyond doesn't make any sense because yeah. look <laughs> over the years you know how talented the watch the Chargers have been it's amazing. You can cover it there. Holy crap. Talk about oh, in the offseason, we spoke about this. Yep. You looking on paper and you're like, whoa. Right? Yep. And even now, looking on paper on the, at that defense and you're asking yourself, uh, how? 31 how points you, in how, one half. How you for 28? But not only that, this is a this is a this is somebody you cornered, basically, right? You yep. beat you beat them into a corner. All you got to do is subdue them at this point, and you can't even do that. You know, no turnovers. Pass rush was was nil. Yep. After in the second half, I mean, you know, they just went the complete the complete opposite, and their coach didn't help. Like I said, oh, be, and you're gonna fire your passing game coordinator because he did this and he did that. So you didn't go to this dude after a while and be like, yo. <laughs> what do you do? Run, the, run the damn ball. And if you're not gonna run the ball, call plays. That's gonna take time. Like, come on, man. I know. Holy! It it, it was it, it, for you to again. Like I said, I want to tip the cap to the Jags for all the things they did. That that's one of those really well coached teams, man. We know what Peterson is. Um, again, you know, but. That definitely was a charger lot, and we made we were making jokes. Um, we were cracking jokes the the week before. We we're talking about this game, and we said the charger is gonna charger. 
And they did. And they did. <laughs> In a monumental way. So now Jacksonville heads out to uh, Arrowhead to play the Chiefs. Um, and their last, they did play this season. And Kansas did the, excuse me, Kansas City did beat them 27 to 17 at Kansas City this year. Um, I think they had three turnovers in the game. I think they had three. Uh, the Chiefs did. Right. But um, this should be interesting because now Jacksonville's got the momentum, but we all know how Andy Reid is with when you give him a week off to prepare. Oh, yeah. So we know that that's not good. And, Ken- and Kansas City has beaten Jacksonville, I think, five straight in the last whatever it is, 10 years, hmm. whatever it is. But that. Um, that team, that team is not like the Jags are, have a kind of a never say die attitude. Yeah. Um, I think I think it's mostly because there's a lot of youth there and they just don't know better. Um, and they're coached by a guy that just knows how to press the right buttons. Uh, so you put all of that together, blend it up, and you get the Jags, who basically right now. They have nothing to lose, man, and I think they're gonna they're gonna cause a little issue little issues for for the for the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't think I would be blown away if this game is close. The reason why I'd say that is because there's one thing about the the Chiefs that bothered me, and it's the same thing that bothered me about the Chargers. They do not run the ball as well as they should. If you're gonna be an elite anything. You can't just be elite at one thing. You got to be elite at a lot. So you're one of the best passing teams in the NFL. But what about the run game? You know? Yeah. And and unfortunately, you know, they had a bunch of issues on their offensive line. The Chargers did. And the only thing that is not the same for the for the Chiefs, that's that's a good thing. So run the damn ball. They got it. You know what I mean? I, I don't think this is a game where you go in and you're like, oh, you're going to be throwing the ball all over the yard. Um, not that, again, it's the Chiefs, so they can. But <laughs> I think I think, I think think they have to put that team away early and not only put them away, but then, you know, basically overkill. They have to. Because, like I said, the Jaguars have this I never never say die attitude. This is not the first time they came back this season. So you know they they have it in them. And they just don't have anything to lose. So obviously the Chiefs, in my opinion, are a better team, but I I I they have to be able to uh te- basically send a message to the Jags. There's nothing you could do to stop us. We, if we want to run, we're going to run. If we're going to pass, we're going to pass. You can't do anything. And take all that will out of them. Just take it out. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I, listen, if if the, if the Chiefs open up any kind of a lead, anything close to what the Chargers did last week, the Chiefs are not giving that 27-point lead up. I don't see the Chiefs doing that at all. So I think this is going to be not an easy win for the Chiefs, but it should be a win for the Chiefs. You know, I don't think they're going to blow them out by 20 points, but it, it they should be able to win by a couple of scores. In my in my opinion, I don't because I, if we and we talked about Jacksonville right before last week's games that um, they've had their moments where 
the offense just doesn't do nothing. And they do that. Week, right? And yeah. if they do that against the Chiefs, you, you can't fall oh. you can't fall down by no. two touchdowns or three touchdowns and think, oh yeah, we'll, we'll just come back. Oh, <laughs> oh, this is this is not this is not the Chargers now. No, that's what I'm saying. If, not the if you're down, if you turn the ball over five times in the first half against against the Chiefs, it's not going to be 27 nothing. It's going to be 40 some on your head, 38 or something like that. You'll be going into the half looking at the score, and you'll be like, "What happened?" And if they could score 38 on your head, they will do it, and then the game is over because you're not going to score. You're not gonna cover the footy. You're not. You're just not. Yeah. You know. So it, it's gonna be a. It, they cannot. They have to play perfect football if they have a chance for them to stand with the Chiefs. And listen, um, there's a possibility they give them a run for their money. So that's why I said I don't think I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if they're if the game is closer than people think, um, because again. If they could take a, if they could force the Chiefs to, to, um, to be one dimensional and and try to force the ball and have that team speed that they have, that's one thing they have going for them on defense. They have a lot of young guys that can fly around and just force Patrick Mahomes into mistakes. They have a shot. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then the next game Saturday night is going to be round three for the. Giants and Philadelphia Eagles in Philly. <laughs> um, Giants, of course, we they did upset. Technically, they did upset Minnesota because they were the underdog. Technically. Right, technically, yes, even though we both liked the Giants last week. <laughs> I think most people, to be honest, most people yeah. liked the Giants last week. So. Yeah, everybody knew the Vikings weren't real. <laughs> yeah, everybody knows they were frauds. So um, yep. I, I tell you, man, the Giants are playing some really good football right now. Yes, I don't think they have the ta- – they obviously don't have the talent to match up with Philly on paper, right? On paper, Philly's no. got talent up and down. Giants, not so much. But you know what? This game is going to be close because they are – this is their third meeting, third meeting this year. Mm. The first meeting was a blowout at, at the Giants, and then the last game of the season, um, the Giants didn't play their starters – no backup court. You know, they had their third string quarterback in actually. And um, a lot of their backups were in and they, and the Eagles barely beat them with Hertz coming back. But I think looking at that game, that was Hertz's first game back after missing what, three weeks in a row. So obviously showed some rust. I think for the Eagles sake, hopefully he shaked off all the rust and he'll be good to go this week. And he's off the injury list. So he's got no injuries coming in. So he seems to be as a hundred percent as as he could possibly be at this point of the season, um, but uh, this is going to be a good game. I, I think it's going to be a good game. I don't see a blowout here. Um, both teams know each other extremely well, obviously. There you go. Um, so there's no surprises. You know, you got this is their third meeting of the of the season. So what do you what are your thoughts here? I agree with you. I think I think the the um, for, for familiar. Wow, really, Shaman? Uh, the <laughs> familiarity, for some reason I can't speak, uh, between those two teams are going to be, it's going to breed uh, a close game, in my opinion. Um, when 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 two teams play each other that many times, man, there, there's a lot to, you will know, your, you know your opponent. You, you kind of expect certain things from them and you know 
their tendencies, uh, even down to the players. So, um, so this is going to be a tough game. I think the fact that the the Eagles are injured in a lot of important places is going to hurt their chances to uh, just out talent the Eagles, the the Giants. Um, so this is going to be a game of it's going to be a little uh, hard fought game in my opinion, and. The Giants are basically the kings of hard-fought games. They've been doing this all season. Um, and if you haven't realized yet, um, slowly but surely, Daniel Jones has become has become has been becoming better and better every game. Um, he went from uh, being hesitant to uh, being tentative to being uh, downright cocky at this point, in my opinion, because um, he's taking what defenses gives him, and he which is what he started doing late in the season. And now he's not only taking what defense is given him, he's dictating the defenses, um, manipulating uh, safeties to get passes open. Incredible, in my opinion. This is a this is the this is to bring that kind of confidence. Brian, the double double is made something like that's that's magician type coaching in my opinion, man. Yes. To see that guy from broken, not sure turnover machine into a guy that's downright cocky, like I said, understanding what defenses are doing and like manipulating them, and when they beat as a defense, you you play sticky coverage and. You take away all these pass lanes, and then he he goes to his second and third read, and he takes off on you. And the dude is athletic enough and fast enough that he gets a 15-yard or 11-yard gain for a first down when you had him on third and ten. That's a that's backbreaking for defense, man. Yep. And and on top of that, he has a running back that you could put him in the backfield. Split him out as a wide receiver. Like you could do so much with this dude, and he's so explosive that there's not too many guys that can keep up with him. You know, and the wide receivers are doing just enough. They're just doing their jobs. And the the, the scheme is right, everything. I mean, this is incredible. Um, what they've done, in my opinion. And if the season has to end here, man. Man, round of applause for Double and his team, man. Incredible, in my opinion. But you know what? I give them a shot. I give them a shot. I, you oh, know what? Yeah. I give them more than a shot because I just don't think the Eagles are what we saw them as in the in the regular season. This is a different team. And not only are they different physically because of the injury, but I think mentally they kind of – doubt has crept in into this team. Everything that's happened coming down um, to the end of the season is just bad. There's not that many, that much good news around. They haven't played good football in a while. Right. You know, it matters how you come into the playoffs. No, we've seen this forever. Oh, yeah. You know, so this is not, in my opinion, a big underdog game between the Eagles and the Giants where the Giants, the Eagles are just so much better. And then the Eagles... Are looking up at this giant that they got to kill. No, <laughs> this team, this game is way closer than people think, man. In my opinion, and yes, 
we're not. I'm not gonna stand there and tell you that the Eagles can't revert to the monster or the you know that they've been all season because they have so much talent in so many places. But also, again, they're broken in so many places, in my opinion. And they're and they, they the, the confidence has gone, in my opinion, you know, because of just the way they've played in the um, coming down to the end of the season. So, man, Chris, this is gonna be a good game, in my opinion. Oh, no doubt. Good. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think so. You know, like I said, they they know each other too well. You know, this is going to be the third game. And actually, third game in about a month, too, because they they literally just played each other not that long ago. So that's that's the other crazy thing. Like, they literally just played um, their first game this year. They played on December 11th was their first game. And then their second game was January 8th. So this is their third game in just over a month. So that just shows you how familiar they're going to be, really. Because they, yeah, man, you know. So it's yeah, it's going to be. Listen, when the Giants and Philly and the Eagles play against each other, it's usually a great game, anyway. No matter what the standings are, no matter what the records are, it doesn't matter. These guys are they hate each other. This is you know Philly's probably second biggest rival. Right after the Cowboys, it's the Giants. So it's going to be loud in, in Philly. There's going to be a lot of Giant fans there too, obviously, because they don't have to travel that far. But um should be a good one, man. should be a classic for sure. Definitely looking Agreed. forward to it. And, yes, and you mentioned the magic of, of Dable. I wanted to – because we were talking a little bit earlier today about Buffalo, about mm. Josh Allen. Yes. I think you could see the, the difference without Dable – on Buffalo this this season. Like Buffalo's been listen, Buffalo's one of the best teams in the league, obviously, easily. Um, but you could see, I think, a little different offense this year compared to last year with Dable there. And and, and you know why? Uh, I think they I think sure. I think Dable, I think Dable would be the one that would basically kind of corral Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. You know, and basically to just, you know, instead of asking him to take the, you know, to kind of, um, you know, hey, man, you know, you don't have to do everything yourself. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we let us run the ball and this and the other. Debo would be the one to be like, bro, you ain't throwing the ball here. We're calling a run play. That's it. That's what we're doing. And, and I'm giving you two run plays. You're going to freaking audible between the two of those. You don't have an option to, to throw the ball. That's it. You know, and I think I think I think the the coach the current coaching staff of offensive coaching staff over there believes in Josh Allen as being the you know the you know the the version of of Patrick Mahomes for the Bills. Mm-hmm. You know, and as good as Josh Allen could be, in my opinion, it's shown it to me, man. It's just it's it's been it's shown that he's it's not that he's not good, but he's just prone to making mistakes when you put him in that situation. I think Singletary has shown enough that they need to give him more touches a game, mm-hmm. you know. And I think Dabo would have done that. He would have um, called that those runs. He would have given Singletary more touches because, as you could see with the Giants, it doesn't matter to him who's doing it. It's is is it you know is it something that's concrete in his mind that would work. I think that's where he would, he would want to go. So, 
hey man, the man is 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 showing everyone that he's a hell of a coach. And hey man, you know the Giants, they have a shot because just because of him. Seriously, I tell you, the other guy I would give a lot more carries too because is uh, James Cook. He's been coming along too these last few. Yeah, years. agreed. So I, I, you know, give him the ball a little bit too, and run the ball more. See, See, this is the this is the craziest thing. This is the crazy thing. This is what you watch players and so many different players, especially at the running back position. And some some guys take a long time to understand what they what their job is, or well, not what their job is, but the feel of how their offensive line blocks. You know, it takes them a, a kind of a a moment to kind of figure it out. And for Saquon Barkley. Because of his explosiveness, he does. He, it's not that he doesn't have to feel. I think, I think it's different for him to read a run play. You know, a you know, a, you know, some kind of crack toss. He reads it a certain way because of his vision and and explosiveness. Now, for you, for for somebody like Cook, you know, he has to find what's comfortable for him, and it's it's been it, it took him a while, but you could kind of see it, right? You see that growth. You see. Start seeing the play. Um, so you're right, man. I agree. They, this, this, the, the, those little trends matter. No, yeah. no, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, this is, the, this is the only matchup out of the four where the two teams haven't met in a full game <laughs> um, in the last within the last year because the last time Buffalo Cincinnati played, not including the game a couple of weeks ago. Um, where they played, you know, the half a quarter or whatever it was. But um, the last time they played was in 2019. So they, mm. these two teams don't, you know, they don't really know each other that well, yeah. at least as much as some of these other teams are. Yep. Um, but they did play, you know, obviously a few weeks ago, you know, the Hamlin game, obviously. and But they only played, I think, what, eight minutes? Something like that, yeah. Right. So I don't think that's going to have much – influence on this you know like at least game planning and everything but right. um what do you think of the, this game buffalo cincinnati in buffalo um obviously this was the game that we you know that they were building up a couple of weeks ago what do you think it is yeah. now i mean now it's there's gonna be so much more emotion for buffalo coming into this game there there is a lot of emotion but let's get let's get down to the brass tacks man uh for the bills this is basically another dimension of the the um it's like to me the the you know how the the Bengals is basically the anti Kansas City chief <laughs> you know what i mean like everything the Kansas City teams do they just do it different and better i like other than being Patrick Mahomes like you know you have Patrick Mahomes that's it. It erases everything else. Right. But the Bengals are not just a running team. And they're not just an offensive juggernaut. And they're not just a freaking defensive monster. All the things I just mentioned, they do it really well. And, and on any given Sunday or any given day they play, they could be really, really good at doing any number of those things. In that last game, that wasn't an offensive juggernaut that was okay you know especially like you said that's a team they play all the time 
They consist they consistently play the Ravens. The Ravens defense know what they do on offense. They scored a good amount of points. They moved the ball, but they weren't like out of this world. You know where they were out of this world? On defense. How many times did they stop the Ravens on third down? Third and 10. Yep. Third and whatever. Fourth and whatever. In the gold line, on, on the goal line, coming going in, stripping the ball and taking it to, to the other to the for a touchdown. Come on, man. This team is fueled is fueled by this defense in a lot of ways. I think the offense is who they are, you know, up front, but in soul, they're the defense, you know. And I think that's why they made that run to the Super Bowl last year. It's because of that defense. And again, down the stretch, you sh- they're showing up again. You well, know? I, you oh, got to like, remember, though, last Everybody's week. making plays on that defense, man. Everybody. It doesn't matter who. Corners, safeties, linebackers, defensive tackles. Holy. But remember, last week, right, Baltimore had Tyler Huntley at quarterback, not Lamar yeah, That's a little I different. agree. A little different. I agree. <laughs> I know, but but listen to this, right? I know that's that's what a lot of people is gonna say, but you have to understand the way the 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 Ravens play offense. I yes, Lamar Jackson's skills take what they do and maximizes it, and also not only he doesn't only maximize it; he basically pushes it out of this world, right? But that offense itself is very dangerous. It does. You don't need that offense. So you don't need a freaking, you know, wizard at quarterback for that offense to be a dangerous thing. We know that the way that offense is run is something that could cause anybody issues because it's because nobody else does anything what they do. It's hard to to get ready to play the Ravens because there's no team in the NFL that plays offense like the Ravens do. Doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. So you. You're preparing every week, week in and week out, for teams that do this, right? And then all of a sudden, you got to show up and play a guy that's doing something from left field. It's not easy, you know? So for them to stand up and play the way they played, to me, again, they have this is not just one game that the, the, the Cincinnati Bengals defense has been playing like this. Go back and watch them. When they first started struggling in the beginning of the season, the defense was struggling too. When the offense was struggling, when they started getting hot, the whole team started getting hot. And little by little, they just got kept getting better and better and better. One of the best teams, turnover margin teams in the NFL, no? Oh, yeah. One of the best, what they sack the team, they sack the quarterback a lot. Mm-hmm. They, they get turnovers a lot. They do not give up a lot of yards. It, again, if if Buffalo is gonna beat a beat this team, it it goes back to what I was saying. They cannot expect Josh Allen to just be running all around there, man. Because again, like they showed, everybody on that defense is willing to put lay it out and make a play. So this is gonna be this is gonna be a hell of a game. To me, one of my favorite games this weekend is that game, man. I can't wait to oh, watch that. And I think the big thing too is. Buffalo has to play better, especially Josh Allen. He has to play better oh. than he did last week. If he plays anything like he did last week, there's no way they're beating Cincinnati because I think he turned the ball, turned the ball over, what, three times, I think, last week? Yeah. 
Yep. You can't do that. You know, and no. he did that against Miami, who, all right, you know, they had their third string quarterback in, if you want to get into quarterbacks, and they ended up giving up 20, uh, 31 points to Miami. So that defense has to step it up too. Josh Allen. Bro, you give up, yeah, you give up 31 points to the, in my opinion, Miami should have won that game. Yeah. If their coach, listen, if you, if you as a coach don't understand that you have a rookie quarterback and you let him throw the ball 40 plus times and you don't build a play, a play call sheet that plays more into his, his, his athleticism and the fact that you have something of a running game. Like if they did that, in my opinion, they, they had a they would have won that game. Because the Bills gave them multiple opportunities to win that game. Oh, definitely. <laughs> so so the Bills are in trouble, in my opinion. This is gonna take the Bills digging so deep to beat this team because this team is on a mission. They've they've told the Kansas City Chiefs, in how many years now, they've told the Kansas City Chiefs, you think you're the king of the hill? Mm-hmm. Nah, you're really not. Because almost every, every time they've played them, the last three times, they beat them. Yep. You know? So, and Kansas, and it's not, it's not only that they beat them, it's the way they kind of just quiet what Kansas City does. They kind of just, you know, it's almost like putting the, the wet towel over the flame, you know? Hey, shut up. <laughs> you know hey, what I mean? You know what? Like, to get to Kansas City, they got to beat the AFC beat champion, them. right? Yeah, the, I agree. From last season. So I agree. Why, yeah. And and everything this year for Buffalo was to get that home field advantage mm. in that AFC championship game. And now, listen, now it's on, now it's on, you know, neutral site. So it doesn't matter if they get to it. So now next week is going to be, a, you know, best team is going to win, right? Because it's going to be on neutral site. It's not going to be in, in the weather. The weather is going to have nothing to do with it. It's going to be Buffalo versus Kansas City, mano a mano, you know, our team versus your team. Who's better? Mm. If they get to it. Yeah, if right. they get to it. Again, right. like I said, because they got to go – because, you, listen, man, they got to go through Cincinnati. And Cincinnati is not going to be an easy team. And you're talking about um, – the, the that's the one team that, the, that has that – they're not afraid to go play in Buffalo. They're not. Because they could run the ball. The only issue I the only issue right now for the Bengals, if I after everything I said, the only issue right now are the injuries. Cause um, what is that? Their, their, their left tackle was freaking had a dislocated uh, um kneecap. No, oh, right. Williams? Uh yeah, I think so. Yeah. And then they they I think Kappa and the other guy was injured already, so I don't even know if if there is any issue going yeah, on. Now. Right. And if there's any issue that if this is gonna be all, all every with everything I said, the only way this is gonna be a problem for the Cincinnati Bengals is if the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line has is basically broken down and they don't have answers. And the, and even though the Bills last week, there was no pass rush. It really showed why they needed Von Miller, in my opinion. Um, none of those guys stepped up. And yeah. playing backups 
which is probably what that they'll be doing playing against the 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 the, the Cincinnati Bengals. They gotta do it, man. They gotta bring it, man. Where's where where is the where is the player that people used to tell me is better than Quinn and Williams and Oliver? <laughs> you remember that? You remember yep. that, right? Yep, and Oliver. Yep, I remember that. Where is he? Where's Basham? Where's uh? What's the other guy's name? The, the other edge rusher? Oh, Russo. Yeah. What what the hell's going on, man? If they're gonna win that game, these guys got to show up. Yep. Espineza, because and they think about it, they used first round picks on these guys too. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> so yeah, it'll be it's it. This is probably gonna be the game of the week, without a doubt. Um, this was supposed to be the game of the week a couple of weeks ago, but now we finally get that matchup. And I, you know what, you could also see them bringing out uh Hamlin too before the game. Right. Yeah, that's a possibility. Yeah, yeah. it's gonna be yet. plenty emotion, man. Yeah, it's gonna be emotional. He's either him. gonna be on the video or is he, he's gonna be in one of the luxury suites. But mm-hmm. he's gonna, I think he's gonna be in that building on on uh Sunday for sure. Um, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> but um yeah, definitely a game of the week. And then to finish it up, it's gonna be an old school matchup. Uh these guys had some big time matchups, man, in the eighties and the nineties. Uh Dallas travels to San Fran. Mm. <laughs> Dallas, of course, beats um not that big of a shocker beating Tampa Bay. Could yes. be Tom Brady's last last time out. Uh could be his last game. Um and Dal and San Fran, of course, beat Seattle, who gave them a run, you know, gave them a run for their money for a little bit, but finally San Fran pulled away. But um yeah, I I Tom Brady didn't look great in that game. So is it going to be his last ride? You, you, what do you think on Tom Brady real quick? I don't know, man. <laughs> I have no idea. You know, the only thing, the, if if there is anything that's leaning anywhere, it's the fact that maybe after all his exploits, man, all the winning and all the dominating, he wouldn't want to go out on, the, on you know, looking the way he did because this dude did not look like Tom Brady at all. Right. You know, so... If anything, that's where that's where I stand on that. I don't know. Um, I don't know if that's where he would want to go. Um, looking the way he did, but other than that, I don't know what he's gonna do. Yeah, that's true. I I'm I'm kind of up in the air on him too because, you know what, he looked the same way last 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 year. They lost to, was it the Rams? In the playoffs, was that last year? That comeback where they were down by a lot and they came back and then they fell short, right? Was that last year? Yeah. No. Yes. Yeah. I, right. I yeah. Think so. Yeah. Sounds so, yeah. sounds familiar. Yeah. So, and this one didn't look so good for him uh this week. And then I was I was a little surprised that Seattle hung in with San Fran as long as they did. I really didn't think so. I thought San Fran was gonna just run, you know, run the ball down their throat the whole game. I thought it was gonna be a a runaway game. I mean, it turned out to be one, but Seattle did hang in for most of that game. Until hey, Chris, the... what? Since you're bringing up the fact that since Seattle hang hang in there, the only reason why since Seattle hang hang in there was because Geno Smith played well. I've never seen a quarterback do this before. What are no. you talking about? You're nine years in, and that's when you're waking up and starting to play great football. <laughs> the hell are we doing? And then 
today I was talking to a Giants fan and he says to me um, that, yeah, I don't know about Geno Smith. I'm like, what about that 40, that 4,000 plus yards you don't know? <laughs> you know, backup journeyman quarterbacks don't throw for four something yards. Has that incredible in completion percentage that he had where he, I think he's, he led the league at the end of the season with this is not and a whole season is not a fluke four games maybe five games maybe a whole season mm. that you telling me this man grew and all of a sudden now turned into the quarterback that he that that he should have been this gives Seattle so much leverage going into the offseason knowing where they are and what they could do it's incredible, in my opinion, especially the fact that they've hit on a couple drafts. Yeah, I think um, I don't know what you think, but in my opinion, I um, Gino Gino was the reason why they 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 was in that game in, for any reason. Oh yeah, that, and I think the defense too. I mean, you got to get the defense. They they held them yeah. to only sixteen points. After, you know, in the half, I mean, at the half, Seattle was winning 17-16. Yeah, the, the, I will say the game plan that the Seattle had on defense was a great plan. And it kind of, it kind of, uh, I, I, I wouldn't say that the defense played extremely well. I think what happened was, um, and I, and, and I've seen people saying that, uh, that it was, uh, the kid was, uh, the 49ers quarterback was kind of, you know, he I was kind of rusty or nervous or whatever. I don't think he was early, nervous at all. Well, early on, he looked, true. it looked a yeah. little, he looked a little iffy early on, but then you could tell and he was and the reason why he was he was FEL earlier on, earlier on, in my opinion, was the was the type of defense that the that Seattle was throwing at him. They were f- trying to force him to go through certain raids quicker, and like a lot of the time, you see a lot of that, those throws. You see him pump once and then had to throw the ball because basically, kind of trying to trick him into seeing things that are not there. Um, and they were kind of winning at it for a second there. Until Kyle Shanahan was like, "Yeah, nah, you're not gonna be doing that," you know. And towards the end of the half, or towards the end of the quarter, or whatever, whenever it was, he me made like three three separate throws, and my that was like, "Yeah, nah." It's not that he was nervous at all. It, it, it was just that he had to figure out a way to go, like, go through what the defense was presenting him. And when he figured it out, he's, he's again, another guy that's playing almost cocky. Like one Mississippi read two Mississippi read. Oh, and then like make the decision on like on, on point, man. Like, and the balls are instantly, you know, the, the fact that he's, this is, <laughs> it's so embarrassing because it's like, okay, it's like, oh, the system this and the system that. You still got to make the throw. There was a few throws that he made to um, Ayuk. That's his name? Mm-hmm. Come on, bro. <laughs> Come on. The kid is talented, man. I know he's been coached well. I understand that. But he's talented. he's a talented player. And I know that if, if the Cowboys are going to have a shot at beating him, they're gonna have to cloudy up things the same way that the the Seattle tried to do. 
the problem with trying to dis disguise and play all this stuff to beat a team like the 49ers is you're playing into the hands of a, uh, an offensive coordinator that loves when you try to do stuff like that. Because you're just basically putting yourself out of position and he'll manipulate the crap out of you, make you the same way you're trying to trick his quarterback, he's going to trick the hell out of you. You know, so... I think it's on it's on the Cowboys front front to basically instead of trying to confuse the kid, beat him up. Beat him up. Beat him up. Take up take his, his cocky con confident ass out. Um make make him on the do like cause him to make these decisions on, on the constant duress and wish to God that this kid. It's not to the point where he feels like he is like Atlas that's carrying the wheel on his shoulders. <laughs> because if if that if that's how cocky this kid has arrived with the kind of athleticism he has and the backing of the an offense and a play caller like Shanahan, yeah, you're gonna have a long day. Because as much as you have to worry about him, do not forget about the other players on that offense now. Uh name them. We, I said Ayuk, Kittle, CMC, Debo. Debo. <laughs> Holy crap. What are you talking about? <laughs> I know. It's it's unfair. I have to say, it's unfair. And think about it, their backup running back is Eliza Mitchell. Uh, yeah. It's like wherever they go, wherever you go, the kind of things they could do to you is incredible. You... You cannot, if, if the Cowboys are going to play, they're going to be rushing, they're going to be undisciplined, get out of their lanes to try to get that kid, like I was just saying, pressure the crap out of him. That's going to be a problem. Yep. Because CMC is explosive enough. It's the smallest crease you give him. That's 60 yards. Yep. <laughs> so, so this is incredible, in my opinion, and yes, there's a, a a part of it that yes, you have a rookie quarterback, and you if you could get to him, you could fluster him, have him turn the ball over a couple of times, give Dak the ball a couple of times. If the the version of Dak that was that played last weekend shows up, there's a mm -hmm. chance here for the Cowboys to win this game. But to me, you're asking a whole lot of the Cowboys to play again like they did last weekend. Yeah. And you know that they have to know. play perfect football, in my opinion, to beat the 49ers. Because if the 49ers show up, yeah, bro, that's gonna be a long day for you for, for the Cowboys. And and man, it, I, I can't bet against the 49ers again. Like you like you know that's my pick to go to the Super Bowl anyway. So yeah, it's I, I think it could be a close game because I think the Cowboys are are talented enough on offense that they will make it a game. But I think when you're talking about nose to the grindstone, I think when it, when it comes down to it, you're going to ask Dak to make throws consistently. He'll probably make a few of them, but I think he's, as we have seen, he's prone to throw the ball to the other team too. So, And Dallas's defense, they're, they're prone to giving up um, yes. A lot of rushing yards. Yes, sir. <laughs> you know, so I don't, I, and that's not a great matchup when you're going up against the, the 49ers, right? So 
I, I don't I, I don't see them hanging in with the 49ers. I really I, I thought last week would have was gonna be a blowout and it wasn't until like the fourth quarter, but this one might get ugly because we've seen Prescott go the other way, right? And yeah, have those kind of games in the playoffs uh where he throws a couple of picks and maybe even a pick six in there. So um yeah, I, I think this one has a chance uh, to get ugly. I think you made a great point there, man. I think out of everything I said, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said that it's not a good matchup, but it's not a good matchup because it's for philosophies. I think the philosophy of what the Cowboys do on offense and defense does really does not go well with what the 14, the, I mean, what the Cowboys do on offense and defense, in my opinion, if you have to match up with a team, I think, I think that's just not, it's like, they're basically, the 49ers are basically playing, in my opinion, the best team against their scheme. If you understand where I'm coming from. Yeah. Like that's their, their team is created to beat a team like the Cowboys. And, and, and to, and that is what the question is going to be. The Cowboys are going to be asked to overcome that. That is why I'm not. Now I'm not saying it's not possible because again, the way they played last week, I think I think it it's a uh, part of it was contributed by the fact that the the Bucks had nothing on offense. Right. But this is not you're not going to be facing a team that doesn't that has nothing on offense. No. <laughs> Probably. So I would say one of the most skilled teams on right. offense, maybe the most. Right. So you you're, you're going to be asking you're asking because look at look at what the Cowboys do. The Cowboys ask their defensive players to run around a lot. The problem with all that running around is that's exactly what Kyle Shanahan wants you to do. Yep. Because he uses that against you. You know, that's why that's what I mean as the scheme just fits. It's, it's basically the the antithesis of what they do. I'm, I just think that it's just a bad matchup for the Cowboys. Now, man, crazy things happen all day, especially in the NFL. But I, I just, I agree with you, Chris. I don't see, I don't see this being a close game at all. Yeah, and and you know what? And I, a lot of people they get excited when the Cowboys do well, like when they win. Yeah, everybody jumps on them like, oh, they're gonna, that's it, they're gonna make their run. This is it. But they forget, like, look what they've done the last couple of weeks, like the week yeah. before. Mm. At last week, they they lost. They looked ugly against Washington, against a third string guy making his first start of the whole season, and the guy ripped them apart. And then the week before, the two weeks before that, yeah, they did win, but they beat Tennessee with a third string quarterback. Mm. And then the week before that, they beat Philly with uh, Minshew and not you know and not Jalen Hurts. Right. So I, I don't know. Like Dallas is listen, they got talent, but they always find a way to lose right yeah the they, yeah they, that's the, the thing and 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 they depend so much on on again that zero sum game in my opinion it's like it's either big plays where they're throwing the ball all the way down the field and they're killing you they like how many times have you seen the the Dallas Cowboy offense grind a drive now i think off the top of my head i kind of remember like about two now, I haven't. I'm not one of those guys that went through all of Dallas's film, but I remember they had two long drives off the top of my head that I can remember. That is not if that's only two for the season. That's not your personality. That's not what you do. Yeah, you know. So, 
I think something like that would be what would match perfectly with, you know, with the 49ers. Because if you could take the 49ers and just possess the ball and slowly drive down the field, nine yard, 10 yard, I mean, nine, nine, 10, 11 um, play or drive, take a bunch of minutes off the clock and score a touchdown. I think you, I think you, I think you're basically giving yourself a shot, you know, but if you're going to be run, trying to run up and down the field against this team, man, I don't know, bro. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't see it working with this team, man. I think San yeah. Fran's going to win and it's got a chance to get ugly in this one. Um, but um, yeah, so that's, those are the matchups for the divisional round this week. Um, you got four good ones. Um, looking forward to all four. This should be all good. Um, and that's going to be it for this week. Uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. Um, if you're new after last week, after the Mike Westoff episode, thank you for jumping on and listening to our, our new episode this week. And if you've been with us all this time, thank you for continuing to listen and support us every week. We really appreciate it. And um, I guess we'll see you guys next week. Take care. Hey, we got a shout out. We got a shout out our our friends. Um, um, we got a shout out our two friends. I know that always listen to us. Um, we we you know we have they know that they know who they are. Um, you know, thank you very much for always spending a little bit of time with us, man. We appreciate it a lot. Yep, that's what I just wanted to say. That definitely, we always appreciate. It. Everyone checking us out, man, every week, you know, we're on 80 something now, which is ridiculous, but we're on like our 80 something episode of, uh, <laughs> I, I think it's amazing that, you know, because time just goes by so fast, you know, Yes, sir. up to 80 something already. But anyway, thanks for joining us and um, we will see you guys next week. Take it easy. Enjoy the games. <laughs>